when students use qigong as a magic amulet. It often comes round through conversation with students that they're using qigong as some sort of magic amulet. The conversation goes like this. Oh, I love my qigong. I still take all my medication, uh, but I'm sure qigong is really helping too. Well, those of you who have studied with me for a while will notice that our qigong is going deeper in its nature. You're perhaps able to feel that we're digging into deeper emotional and psychological areas. The Tuesday and Thursday classes deal with the physical aspects of qigong. There's never a time when doing these physical exercises will not reap benefits. The physical well-being that one can bring about using qigong is nothing short of a miracle. When we work on ourselves in a physical manner, we're also working on the underlying emotional state. In Chinese medicine, it's understood that the major emotions are stored in various organs and that massaging and moving these organs will eventually bring about emotional release too. There are various muscle groups that people say are repositories for emotional stories and that just by stretching them that stuck emotions can be released. It is, however, my considered opinion that the physical emergence of a chronic illness is really just the tip of the iceberg. They often say that illnesses such as cancer take three to five years to finally become manifest. When you come to therapy sessions with me and we discuss your past, I'm often looking for traumatic events in your life that fit into this framework. Very often it's said that one trauma can be ridden over by a healthy person, but if two of them occur close to each other, then that's often where chronic illness finds its root. I'll often discover that a student has lost their mother and then a year later their father. Sometimes a divorce will be followed by a redundancy or perhaps by retirement. These type of life changes can leave us in a very emotionally compromised state. The general method of dealing with such blows is to avoid having to look at them. This will look like plunging oneself back into work, retreating into a bottle of wine in front of the TV each night, or seeking solace in cakes and sweets. We often impose a type of self-isolation on ourselves, where we close our hearts and remove ourselves from the emotional functioning of the world. Whilst it's correct that Qigong can help in these cases, it's not the quickest and most efficient way to heal oneself in this instance. This is where the Wednesday class comes in. On a Wednesday morning, we go online and spend time together in a quiet Qigong state, delving into the patterns that have brought us to the place of illness or unhappiness. In a very general way, not a specific way. Life is a set of events. When these events occur in the space that we are in, we have two choices of how to deal with them. The first being, take them personally. The second being, let them drift past us without taking them on. Of course, this is easier to say than do. One of the side effects of diligent Qigong practice is that we build up a certain resilience. We also inhabit our bodies in a more complete way. I don't really like the phrase, but it resonates with most of my students. We become more grounded. I always say centred, rather. This newfound resilience helps us to not take on things as deeply as once we would have. We find a way 
not to become damaged by events. In Tai Chi we often encounter the idea of flowing with a punch. Our opponent goes to strike us, but rather than accept the strike, the Tai Chi player gently turns their body away, allowing the strike to go past and not hit. In so doing, the person throwing the punch usually becomes off balance and falls forward, following their intended strike to the floor. Just flow like water. The same is true in situations of verbal conflict. Perhaps a, a child or a sibling makes a verbal attack on you. As I write this, I'm all too aware that Christmas is coming and that this presents many challenges for many people. But every moment is a choice. Will you respond and escalate the argument or let it flow past you without it hitting? We all know that our problems just tend to dissipate when we don't retaliate. The big question is, did you, however, take on the criticism anyway? We're back to the storing things inside, the root of chronic illness. Ladies tend to be much less competitive than men. It's a very good thing for the world. It's a bad thing for ladies. Chinese doctors always say, ladies, look after your livers. It's a common observation that ladies tend to get more drunk more easily than men and have less tolerance from alcohol generally. It has, however, become much more common to see ladies out on the lash these days. In our stress-filled jobs and our emotionally overwrought times, equality has led to ladies feeling as entitled as men to this release. Now, perhaps it always took place quietly at home with a sherry bottle, but now it's out in the open. The emotions associated with the liver in Chinese medicine is anger. Not surprising to see the connection between alcohol and barroom brawling then. In the fairer sex, however, a punch-up is generally out of the question. It's here that we find one of the most toxic practices. Keeping it all in. So often with my students, I find that ladies would rather just swallow the insults and abuse than confront the assailant. These slights get suppressed deep inside. Deep inside the liver, as an example. And remain part of the fabric of that person. The question is, how much can you take before you break? The role of the little woman is a damaging one. The person who can always be relied on to cook dinner, to clean the house, to mop up the family mess when factions go to war. The person who has to look after the parents unquestionably. Keep the kids from spinning out and probably still hold down a job too. Social media amps up the pressure to be the perfect wife with the perfect life. Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of male students who have their own common set of problems that hurt the heart and the kidneys. But here, my example uses the liver and anger. Or more accurately, suppressed anger. The requirements of being a modern mother, lover, wife and homemaker are so normalised that these resentments can be swallowed by the jugful without even knowing that they are being taken in. It's just part of modern life. But what happened to my freedom? What happened to my career? Then we add something dramatic like a death of a loved one, a divorce or a redundancy, 
and the toxic overload arrives. The Chinese doctors talking about the liver are referring to the tendency of ladies to keep it all in and effectively block the smooth flow of qi through that organ with suppressed anger. The liver is also intimately connected with our lymph system. Well, the lymph is a tricky one. All the toxins in their most extreme forms are flowing out of the body through the lymph process. The lymph system, however, doesn't have a pump like the heart for the blood. The diaphragm is that pump. Every stretch and bend uses this tautly stretched drum skin as a pump to move the fluid in our lymph system. This is why Qigong is so important to do daily. It's no surprise to then connect the dots. The lymph system flows past the breast. Breast cancer is exceptionally common these days, especially in ladies who lead a sedentary life, perhaps with a regular intake of alcohol and a regular application of family and work stresses. We often turn to Western medicine in this case. The best they can offer is similar in nature to inviting the Roman legion into your country. They raise everything to the ground, they fill the fields with salt so that nothing will grow again. This is where we get the word assault from. <laughs> Western medicine's slash and burn policy often deals with the manifestation of the problem. But that's a bit like cutting the top off a dandelion. Unless you get the root out, it may well come back. This is where Zheneng-style Qigong differs from any other style I've encountered. Dr. Pang has woven Chinese psychology into the fabric. We heal ourselves using a combination of visualisation and quantum thinking. In quantum science, we discover that at any moment there are infinite possibilities awaiting our attention. When we finally decide upon one, it can be intentionally or subconsciously, that's what's referred to as quantum collapse. From all the possibilities, we select one. Information from our consciousness combines with energy. We call it chi. This turns something from non-being into being. Sometimes we might have to do it repeatedly to get a result. This, however, is what our subconscious, subconsciousness does for us. It repeats ideas. It's really useful for you to have a routine off-pat to get your teeth done. It's not so useful for you to have a voice in the background that continuously tells you you're stupid or unlovable. Repetitive unconscious thoughts eventually gel out of non-being into physicality in our body. Add to the repetitive chiding we give ourselves, work stress and family arguments on a daily basis, and the recipe for chronic illness is born. As they're apt to say, if your best friend spoke to you the way you speak to yourself, they wouldn't remain your friend for long. It's through the Wednesday morning class that we start to discover the techniques that can break these patterns and revert the illnesses that have subconsciously appeared. What about the patterns uh, from the beginning of the story? Students who gobble pills. It's a different process or a difficult process to convince yourself that you're able to do without a prescription. After all, the great white medicine doctor has made the potion for you. 
I tend to find that students are not up for experimenting with their medication. Dr. Pang always points out, the more you take the medication, the less your body can actually be bothered to engage in the process of making that particular substance. You have to wean yourself off medication slowly. Cut your dose by 20% for six months and then see what's happening. Sometimes it means chopping tiny little pills into even tinier, tinier bits. As you lessen the dose, your qigong will slowly repair the process. There are times when our medication becomes so complex that um, one thing, taking one thing to stop side effects for another thing. I was just talking to a friend whose daughter, uh, to medication to keep her mentally stable, had given her a type of diabetes. I mean, what can you do? The hint is, I know. I think things were easier for Dr. Pang than I. He was a trained medic, and for him to tell people at his centre to stop medication and replace it with Qigong was altogether safer and easier. Please don't go flinging your prescription away and say that Jeremy told you to. What I am asking you to do is to consider the case for using your mind to heal your body. Look, I'd love to be able to have you come stay with me so that we could practice together every day and I could watch you lessen your medication. One day, when the lottery finally pays out, then I'll set up a UK medicines hospital for you and we can work together to get you well. Until that time, please understand that medication is an astonishingly low level of energy. You are the most powerful being in the universe. Well, clearly, this is not in our education curriculum, but it should be. As long as you don't know this, then you'll have to work hard, buy insurance, give doctors and drug companies your money, well, you get the idea. If you are brave, diligent and determined, however, you can heal yourself of anything, no matter how dire. I have personally met over 50 people who have brought themselves back from the edge of destruction, only using qigong and a few other simple tools. So the tip is, don't eat rubbish, give up stress, walk, swim, do lots of qigong. And of course, contemplation. This is where we go on a Wednesday morning. This is what's on my self-healing YouTube playlist. There's about 50 different classes there. Try them and see. They're all free. Love, love, love. Jeremy.